Welcome to the DLI Fintech Conclave 2023 podcast series brought to you by the Digital Lenders Association of India and India Fintech Diaries. The DLI Fintech Conclave 2023 recently concluded on January 24th. It was a well-attended event with several interesting panels, workshops and discussions. But what happened at the event? To give you a peek at the highlights of the event and key themes of discussion, we spoke with Presha Paragash, CEO of Credit Saison India. Prior to Credit Saison India, Presha was the founder of Credifiable, an asset light digital lending platform in India, and prior to that she co-founded Sol Primero, an early stage investment firm in India. She also comes with strong expertise in mergers and acquisitions, having worked with UBS at their London offices in the investment banking division. I'm your host Elroy Saram and this is India Fintech Diaries. Welcome back to India Fintech Diaries, the show where we discuss all things Indian fintech. Today we wrap up our series with the Digital Lenders Association of India for the DLI Fintech Conclave 2023. With a look at what happened at the event. And to help us recap the event, we have with us Presha Paragash, CEO Credit Saison India. Welcome to India Fintech Diaries Presha. Hey, hi Elroy, hi Amit. Presha, you've had a very interesting journey into the world of fintech. Talk to us a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. So I'm currently the CEO of Credit Saison India. But my background-wise, you know, I've always kind of had uh, some sort of uh, shape and form equation with the financial services industry. So right. I started my career with UBS. I was with their London office, you know, focusing on mergers and acquisitions. After sort of spending, I would say, sort of good amount of time there, decided to sort of go on and do my MBA. Post my MBA is when I uh, moved to India. Uh, when I moved to India, sort of started the journey in the investing side of things. Uh, so okay. I co-founded a small uh, seed stage investment firm. Uh, you know, so focusing, you know, did about ten odd seed level investments. I think we realized really quickly that um, you know more than the investing side was very interested. Uh, so that's when I sort of uh, you know to switch over. Uh, and I started my own fintech startup. So my fintech startup was uh, focusing, you know, providing uh, personal loans to salaried professionals. It's a good, good amount of time on it, but unfortunately, realized that you know it was not scaling up to the level that you know it should really have scaled up at that point of time. So you know, took the decision to shut it down. But while I was sort of shutting it down, that was when Credit Saison was actually setting up in India. So thought was kind of a, like a perfect timing, you know, given my background and everything. So I was one of the earliest hires for Credit Saison India. Been with the company now for about four years, uh, you know, and really sort of, you know, been able to have a sort of, a, I would say, a really great journey to kind of build it out to where we are today. Uh, that's pretty interesting, Presha. I'm curious about uh, Credit Saison. Maybe you could elaborate a little bit on uh, what. Uh, credit science is looking to do in India and also maybe specifically also talk about your views on India as a space for digital lending and a market for digital lending to grow. Sure. So just uh, background wise, so Credit Saison is one of Japan's largest credit card issuers. Uh, about eight, nine years ago is when they set up sort of a global business team, you know, that's based okay. in Singapore. The whole idea was, you know, with at least when they looked at it globally, they first thought that okay, when they enter, say, Southeast Asia, they would either enter through an equity investment or a joint venture. Post kind of making those sort of bets, when it came to India, they realized that, you know, they really wanted an entity that, you know, they would sort of fully own, fully capitalize. They've actually looked at India quite a few times. So actually before kind of setting up this whole business, we were one of the final contenders uh, for SBI cards as well. 
uh, unfortunately we, we were not successful on that bid and that was that was actually the the whole moment where we decided okay what would actually then be the right strategy for india and i think it was at a very uh, you know kind of point of time where there was a lot of sort of activity and buzz on this whole fintech and partnership models that could sort of emerge uh, so the whole thesis of starting out in india was that uh you know the first focus would be to ensure that the group you know gets an nbfc license so you know we applied for our license we got our license in september 2019 then the whole strategy for india was you know we really want to look to build out a new lending conglomerate but in order to do that we sort of took the approach that we'll do it in a phased manner so what i mean by that is that when we started lending in india we first started out two business verticals so the two business verticals we started was the partnership focus so we either you know do wholesale lending where you know we provide debt directly to nbfc's balance sheet uh the second vertical and this vertical you know has grown really really well uh this is where you know we do partnerships uh with fintechs and co-lending arrangements so it's through a tech led integration we're able to sort of scale up this partnership vertical sort of then one year ago is when we decided you know that given these two verticals are growing really nicely but for us to build like you know to really build out to be sort of a lending giant here in india it's very important that we also have of our direct to market lending so that's when we've launched two new verticals so one is whereby you know we're providing loans to msmes uh, you know unsecured loans to msmes the fourth last vertical which we've launched is our own consumer lending app uh, so we have a consumer lending app by the name of prevo providing personal loans to again you know uh, the consumer right. uh, targeted consumers just just a recap on you know just a bit of our uh, stats as well today so you know given that we've grown the business from scratch you know so we currently have a book size of close to about 5000 crores today and you know we are pretty much on target to hit about a billion dollars in um uh, over the next few months currently about 500 people here also in india and i think really really playing to that story that you know that we look to set up right so really growing to be a new lending conglomerate here in india and prisha as elroy asked if you could also speak about uh, the overall market and why you find the market is so interesting for great size song that sure. would be so i think as mentioned right uh, i think when you know you're entering in a global perspective right so i think the first thing was the thesis on india overall right uh, so i think right. that thesis you know very quickly you know no sort of overseas investor you know wants to miss out on india so i think that sort of hits mm. all the right macros when when you're sort of considering india but coming specifically to the lending space in india i think when we look at it as well as a global investor setting up in india uh, i think there's just no doubt of the kind of scale that you are able to kind of hit but let me break that up as well right so if we look at it for us is on the partnership vertical when we saw the partnership vertical we were very clear that you know there's a lot of really really sort of good quality fintechs uh, or you know nbfcs that we're going to be able to work with but we're not only going to be able to work with them but we're also going to be able to grow with them in scale and not necessarily compromising credit quality as well right so i think the the view on india was that you know this is a market that you know we don't want to kind of you know be be left out on but on top of that you know we were very very bullish that you know once we set up we can really really scale up with the partners uh, and then then i talked about it as well right i think as a global mnc entry 
setting up your own direct retail from day one is very difficult. Right. So that's why our view was very clear that, you know, through the partnership, you know, take a bit of time, build your capabilities. But as you then build out your capabilities, then going into your own direct lending is much easier. Right. Uh, because, you know, you have the capabilities, you know, in terms of your own underwriting, servicing, your collections, all those aspects, which is a very integral part in terms of how you're able to build sort of that mega loan book out as well. Got it. Very interesting. Now, Prisha, coming back to DLAI Fintech Conclave 2023, you had a ringside seat of the conclave. So talk to us about your impressions at the event and what were the delegates, digital lenders at the event most excited about? What topics garnered the most discussion across the, not only the panels, but side discussions and everything? Sure. So I think, uh, you know, at the starting point, right, uh, I think it was just incredibly, incredibly, incredibly energetic, right? Uh, I think these kind of conclaves are a great, great way that, you know, you get sort of all the right stakeholders together. I think if, if you really look at the fintech ecosystem, right? So I think there's sort of five kind of key sort of stakeholders, right? So you have your banks and your NBFCs, then you right. have your fintechs itself, then you have your data service providers, right? So this could be, say, your KYC, your banking, your bureau people and all. Then, you know, you have your investors. And lastly, you have the uh, regulator who's a stakeholder as well. Now, I think the first four kind of stakeholders, I think there was really good representation of them in the overall conclave. And I think there was just a general theme, right? Because the general theme here now is everybody is acknowledging the fact that we've really, as an industry, we've really been able to see kind of scale and, and you know, the future for credit, right? So I think, you know, definitely there is a bit of sort of macro sort of, uh, you know, especially at a global level. But India, in terms of credit on what we're expecting to see is very positive, right? So I think there's a lot of momentum going into the conference with respect to, you know, what does the future sort of enable? And with that, you know, what are going to be the, uh, how do you enable this sort of future, right? And I think what's very interesting of these kind of conclaves, right, is that um, you can really tell in the fintech ecosystem, it's not it's not skewed too much to a particular stakeholder, right? Uh, right? I think this fintech, especially this lending ecosystem, there's a very great recognition that kind of all these five stakeholders that I mentioned are playing a very key role in advancing the ecosystem, right? So there's just a lot of chat, chat, I would say, in terms of the theme, in terms of how would these kind of stakeholders continue to work together? Because it's no more, at, um, you know, like eight years ago, right, or, or six, eight years ago, it was a lot more about getting getting started, right? Uh, I think we've passed that. Now it's about how, you know, what does the future hold? How are these stakeholders going to work together to enable the future? And also, I think that was sort of a key, key theme that was uh, driven out of this as well. Hmm, interesting. And uh, Presha, the event was also action-packed with a number of panels during the day. So what were some of the very interesting panels for you personally? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, as I said, right, uh, I think they really tried to drive various agendas, uh, you know, throughout the panels and all, right? But I think uh, if, if I was to look at the panel, right, one key theme that was being covered in the panels was that there was a lot of focus among everyone on responsible lending. So the panels today nowadays talk a lot about that. Coming to my earlier point, right? Everybody is acknowledging the fact that it's the day scale, but everybody also, you know, coming out of a 
COVID sort of environment is really wanting to ensure that as they build care, they want to ensure that, you know, they build sort of a resilient AUM as well. Right. So I think a right. very, very key theme was this whole responsible lending, you know, which you can see, right, was, was covered through, you know, through the agendas of all the panels. That was just a general theme that kind of came out. I think, you know, there, there was also a lot more in terms of the panels talking about the whole okay, digital lending guidelines and, you know, how is it that stakeholders will start working, you know, with regulation and everything as well, right? So I think that that also was a continued theme that, that was kind of driven through the, the panels. I think another interesting thing that was also being spoken a lot was uh, now as an industry as well, right? Now a lot more focus on key metrics, right? And one key metric is definitely on profitability and unit economics, right? So I think that was another thing that was consistent across the panels as well. There was a specific panel that was, you know, talking about serving the next 100 million customers. Right. I think that was also very interesting because that is now what the future holds, right? And, and if you really think about it, it's, it's really about it coming together, right? Initially, it was about how fintech would get set up. Now, fintech has kind of come in. It's kind of proven its moat and ability, you know, to really differentiate itself. But now the question is, is that can you enable credit for a larger customer base, right? So can you actually go after, you know, that, that customer that really, really cannot get credit as well, right? So I thought that was also sort of an interesting panel theme that came out. Prisha also noticed uh, that the event featured a number of uh, female entrepreneurs and founders. In your opinion, how has entrepreneurship for female entrepreneurs changed then versus now? And what more can be done to improve it? Yeah, so I think definitely, you know, there's been a lot of sort of representation from uh, women entrepreneurs. I think, you know, personally, not not just this this industry and fintech, right? But I think just generally in India, you know, it's been a very, very supportive and encouraging sort of environment to uh, how can you enable uh, woman woman entrepreneurship, right? But I think at the right. heart of it as well, uh, and again, this is a little bit more of my own biased opinion. Right? I think the starting point is always merit, right? Uh, I think the idea has always been that, you know, with merit, what is the better idea, right? So I think with merit, and then I think you drive and you enable to ensure that, you know, that you are able to empower women and everything as well, right? So I think that, continues to be able to to hold as well. Trisha, as a parting thought, if you had to name uh, five important takeaways from the conclave, three, maybe three to five important takeaways from the conclave, what would those be? I think the key thing is, is how can you enable scale, but right. at the same token, be cautiously building that resilient book uh, in lending as to enable scale, right? So I think that that would be one key thing. Uh, I think the, the second thing is, you know, definitely there's been a lot of positive enforcement with respect to the public infrastructure, right? So, you know, with, with you know, what Aadhaar has done, what UPI has done. But then I think there's a key question on what next, right? So is it going to be, you know, what what will AA sort of enable or already enabling? Uh, what will Oaken bring and all of that as well? I think another very key aspect throughout is that with FinTech, and especially in lending, what will now be the, the future and the real outlook, right? So, you know, I, I think I kind of said there, right, that every, uh, you know, while ago, you know, Anderson Horowitz predicted that every company will be a fintech company, right? Uh, but my, my personal thesis is that every fintech company will have a lending thing, right? But 
as we sort of enable and build out that lending, how can you do it by ensuring that you're putting out the right metrics, right? Because lending is inherently a very profitable business, right? But how do you ensure when you get into lending, right? How do you ensure that you build a profitable business? How do you ensure that, you know, you have a customer base? How can you engage with your customer base and everything, right? And I think the last sort of takeaway definitely from the conference was that definitely with lending, there's definitely a sense of uh, responsibility that, you know, we all have to assume. This is in many shapes and forms. So it's either could be how we enable that lending, how we operate. And lastly, also ensuring that, you know, there's that increased level of compliance that we are sort of, you know, taking very, very seriously as kind of lending continues to grow. That's very interesting, Prisha. Thanks a ton for uh, joining us today and taking us to what happened at the event. Sure, perfect. Thank you so much for having me. That's it from India Fintech Diaries this week. We will start a new theme from our next episode. So if you have suggestions for the theme that we should pick up, please send your suggestions across to us. So do stay tuned for more interesting conversation on India Fintech. And until next time, stay safe.